Up World. It's your Bass First point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Guess what? We made it, y'all. The NBA playoffs are here. So make sure you don't miss the big storylines and team previews. Make sure you're listening to the Locked On NBA podcast. You can follow it wherever you get podcasts and on the Odyssey app. That's right. It's the playoffs. The Blazers did it with a little with a little bit of help uh, from maybe their foes. Hard to say, but they did it. They are indeed headed as the sixth seed in the West to play the third-seeded Denver Nuggets when the playoffs begin next week. And most importantly is that last part next week. The Blazers avoided the play-in round, winning Game 72, which is what they needed to do. So they get the week off. They get five days to rest. That is the most valuable thing. Certainly as valuable as they ended up playing the Denver Nuggets. Some of that was out of their control. Um, You know, all all of the things. I think think things worked out really well for the Blazers on Sunday. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. I want to talk about... uh, Game 72, uh, the matchup with with Denver, not in this, we're going to mostly ignore Sunday's game, but the matchup with Denver coming up in the playoffs. Um, talk about sort of how the Blazers have fared against this team this season and, and, and some sort of trends from those games. And then uh, we will do a quick sort of look back at the regular season, some numbers to know from the regular season, where the Blazers finish in some important categories, celebrating some guys' uh, career best numbers and things of that ilk. But let's start with... Your old six-seeded Portland Trailblazers. How did they end up in the sixth seed? Well, <laughs> it wasn't easy. Uh, the Some teams were trying to lose. The Los Angeles Clippers actively tried to lose and, and pulled it off a big loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that was the final nail in the Clippers' aim for the third-seed coffin, a, a whole a, a gravesite they dug of their own accord. But Clippers wanted to lose. They did. So... Because of their loss to OKC, intentionally they slipped uh, back to fourth and they ended up playing the Mavericks. The Mavericks did not try to lose. The Mavericks played their guys. They played Kristaps Porzingis. They played Luka Doncic. They played normal minutes for their guys and they just got smacked by a bad team in Minnesota. It doesn't really matter, you know, that 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 game didn't end up mattering. But um, while other teams were tanking and resting players, the Mavericks were just straight up losing. So shout out to them. But they... Their winners, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, they won over a uh, New Orleans team without Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. So uh, ended up a three-way tie, Dallas, Portland, and the Los Angeles Lakers. And for their troubles, the Blazers, who rolled easily over a Denver Nuggets team that did not try. I mean, they sort of tried. We'll talk about it in a second. But the Blazers got to win. Let's say that Denver wasn't super interested in winning. How about that? They weren't They weren't super invested in winning this game. Blazers get the win, and they finish sixth. 42-30 and 30 in a 72-game season. Uh, eighth consecutive trip to the playoffs, the longest active streak. That's something that the broadcast was really pimping out. Um, it's. I think it's meaningful. Like, I know that... Uh, Blazer fans, for the most part, want like this team to be more than that. But I think it's will. I think like for a moment, for just like for right here, we should say like that's really good. That's um, being consistently being a consistently good team. It is hard to build a consistently good team in this league, and the Blazers have done that in large part thanks to Damian Lillard and Terry Stotts's um, partnership and what and what those two have been able to do. Certainly, uh, you know that I'm a players play type of guy, so I'll give Dame, you know, 70% of the credit for the most part, but I'd always give players the credit. Uh, and being consistently good, it, it matters and and um, 
it should be celebrated. Like we, you can poo poo it because you know they they haven't had um, a ton of consistent playoff success, et cetera, et cetera. But they've being a pretty good team should be should matter. Like it should matter in this league, uh, even in a league where ha- more than half the teams make the playoffs. Um, plenty of teams don't do it with consistency, and no one has done it as consistently over the last eight seasons as your Portland Trailblazers. In general, I don't think there's a ton to take away from Sunday's game, so I, I won't. I'm gonna spend a minute on it, and then we'll sort of move forward to the bigger picture. But uh, the, you know, the Blazers came out against uh, a Nuggets team that was playing its st- regular, you know, its healthy, currently available starters. They they're really banged up. But the Nuggets, they didn't rest guys. They'd rested guys earlier this week. Michael Porter Jr. and Gordon got some rest days. Paul Millsap got a rest day. They those those players played, and the Blazers just beat the snot out of them early and it and went away. Now, I don't think the Nuggets were playing particularly hard or precise. Uh, one of the things that, stu- that stuck out to me was the Blazers got up 9 nothing, and Mike Malone, who's kind of a quick trigger with a timeout, was just like, eh, let's just play through it. Let's, let's just keep it going. Um, and then they didn't play the starters in the second half. It was just the bench. Like, the Nuggets weren't, um, you know, they weren't they weren't going to F with the game, as Nate McMillan says, but um, they, this, they just weren't super invested in winning. And... But but to the Blazers' credit, they took all the drama out of it by playing really, really well. Like, they they took care of business. And uh, business is not, I did not just throw that word in there. The Blazers' coaching staff decided to wear suits as proof this was all about business. The Blazers were taking this one f- seriously on, an, on a night where maybe teams in the league, uh, not even maybe, where some teams in the league did not take it seriously. There was a, you know, the tank off in Oklahoma City where a playoff team out-tanked a tanking team. Really, truly magic stuff the NBA where amazing happens but I think the big takeaway here and we're going to talk about the Nuggets all week I'm going to have uh, the at least one and maybe the the duo that hosts uh, Locked on Nuggets join me on the program so it should be fun that should be a lot of fun uh, and we'll have other Portland media people like that on the show like well it's going to be heavy Nuggets but just sort of my like right after you know right as it happens thoughts here is that this is what you wanted like this is this is the thing um, you know, I think if you listen to this podcast regularly, or if you just listen to a couple shows last week, I'm sure I hit it on it once every show was like the, the Clippers seemed like the worst possible matchup for the Blazers. Uh, the length of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George is, would have been a nightmare. Uh, they've got size in a couple different, uh, varieties with cousins and, and Zubac and, and Ibaka that they can, you know, have size that can match up with the Blazers size. They can have size that stretches out the Blazers size. They can go small with Marcus Morris at center. Like they, they've, they have a lot of looks that I don't think, and none of them with particularly the length on the wing is the thing I would be most concerned about. Didn't favor the Blazers. So and this is, you know, I think this is undeniably good news. Uh, the Blazers match up okay with Nuggets, I think. We'll talk about, I want to talk about specifically the, the games that they've played this year in the second segment, but I think this is a good matchup. Like, Nurk can guard Jokic okay. Like, no one can really guard him, but that's as, like, I think the best bet on Jokic is size versus size. Like, I think you just want to put strength on him and hope it works. Nurk is huge. That helps. Um, Cantor can, you know, that's not a, like a consistent matchup, but if you need to buy some minutes for foul trouble or otherwise, um, Cantor is okay in that matchup. Um, the Nuggets don't have a ton of like elite guard defenders to, to slow down Damon CJ. Um, I think, I think the big question, the big question mark for me is like, how do the Blazers guard Michael Porter Jr.? He's just so big and such a good shooter and such a good cutter at his, at his size that, um, they, 
if you know if they put Robert Covington on him, it doesn't allow Covington to play as much center field, but that might be the best matchup. Like I think, um, and then if you put Covington on him, who guards Aaron Gordon? Like I think, I think there are some question marks in the front court. I think that those present some question marks, but I think this is the matchup you want if you're the Blazers. I think this is of the play of the possible like potential teams they could have played. I think this version of the Nuggets is exactly who you wanted. I think broke. I think everything broke the way the Blazers would like today. I think there's no way around it. Now you have to start two games in Denver against the league MVP. It's like, this isn't, this is no, like, I don't mean to suggest this is easy or a cakewalk, but if you're picking the matchups, you weren't going to pick the Clippers. uh, You didn't want to be in the play in round because of the mess that would be, you know, facing Steph Curry and then likely John Morant and back-to-back games. Um, Should I say Dylan Brooks Uh, facing Steph Curry and then Dylan Brooks and back-to-back games uh, for my duck fans out there. But, I think the rest is massive. You know, you don't have to, like if you wanted to play the Suns, if you think the Suns are a better matchup than Denver, um, which I think is debatable and maybe you you might believe that and you might be right. Um, you know, you don't you just don't have to bust your ass to play the Suns. You don't have to go all out on Wednesday night to, to you know, and empty the clip emotionally and physically and then, and then get, you know, game one of the playoffs, which is going to be crucial on Saturday or whatever. Um, so I think, I think the, I think the opponent is pretty good. I think the rest is massive and, uh, I mean, there's there's no real reason to look ahead, um, but you know you might end up you might end up not having to face. Should it end up there? This is like, I'm jinxing it, but I'll just say it anyways. Like you might not have to face the Lakers or the Jazz or the Clippers in round two. Like if, if it should come to it, like they're they're going to be on the other side of the bracket. So uh, it's it everything kind of worked out well for the Blazers here. And I alluded to it a little bit, you know, we not even alluded to, we discussed it a little bit here in the in the first segment, but I want to uh, talk about the, how the Blazers match up with the Nuggets in the second segment. Uh, looking back at the regular season meetings, kind of what we, what if anything we can learn from those games, uh, it's kind of a difficult scout. So we'll revisit those to see what we learned from the three meetings with Denver this year. But first, before we, before we get into those regular season meetings, let's talk about Indeed. If you are a hiring manager at your company or just looking to add quality candidates, what you need is help making your short list of those quality candidates and you need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. You can post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. It's all right there for you. Plus, Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy because they've got tools like Indeed Instant Match, which gives you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skills tests that, on average, reduce hiring hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 137 skill tests and then add your must-have requirements so you're only paying for the applications that meet them. Also, according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com locked. Indeed.com locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right. 
So the Blazers are the sixth seed in the Western Conference playoffs. They're going to face the Denver Nuggets in the opening round, your third seed of Denver Nuggets. The playoffs will uh, begin next weekend. They haven't finalized, as I'm recording this, they haven't finalized when. I'm not I'm just not giving it to you. I just don't know yet. But uh, we next weekend, Saturday or Sunday, uh, should be a ton of fun. But what I want to do here is talk about what that fun might look like. Uh, one of the curious parts about uh, this Nuggets-Blazers matchup is that it's hard to take away a lot from the, these meetings this year. Like, these two teams are familiar, right? They play uh, in a typical season four times every year. They played in the 2019 playoffs. Their typical preseason um, foes against one another because they're Northwest Division opponents and the NBA likes to think that Denver and Portland are geographically close, but that's not how geography works. Um, but you know, these are, these are familiar teams. Like I, these are the, the, you know, seven games in the playoffs is real familiarity. Uh, it should be another fun series, but I think typically the way you kind of look back at these series is like, you look at the regular season meetings and you say, okay, here's who did this. And you, you watch some of the film and say, here's some things that they're going to do. Uh, you know, here's, here's, here's the thing Denver likes to run. They ran it five times against the Blazers. They usually, you know, here's what they do in the fourth quarter. Here's like some plays they went to several times in crunch time, et cetera, et cetera. And while the Blazers have played two close games against Denver and then this kind of throwaway game on Sunday that I, I think you can really learn nothing from, Blazers play great, kick their ass, but um, Denver was just did not have the sort of the focus of a normal NBA game and certainly the focus and intensity that will come in a playoff game. Like that Sunday's game is a total throwaway. But then the problem becomes that at least one of the other games this year is a, is a throwaway. Back in February, the Blazers uh, lost to the Nuggets in Denver, uh, 111-106. Uh, a close game where the Nuggets were just better down the stretch. It's just a, a game that uh, the Nuggets relied on their two best players. And at the time, Nikola Jokic and, jo and Jamal Murray were better. And they just ran a two-man game. And, and Jokic was just, he was as good as he can be. Uh, you know, 41 points in that game. 17 of 32 from the floor hit three threes. And his his running mate, Jamal Murray, was fantastic too. 24 points on a 7 of 18 shooting. But Jamal Moore, Murray tore his ACL and he's not going to play in the playoffs. He's going to miss a big chunk of next year too. Uh, also starting in that game was Will Barton, who's not going to play but many minutes in this game. Uh, the, the Nuggets didn't have a lot of their complementary parts in, in that game. Uh, no Jermichael Green, no Paul... No, uh, Streetball Paul Millsap. Uh, their bench was just Compazzo, Zeke Naji, and Isaiah Hartenstein. Hartenstein no longer on, no longer even on the roster. So that's a weird scout because if you look over at the other side, that was a game in which the Blazers started Derek Jones Jr. and Gary Trent Jr. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. is out of the rotation and, and unlikely, I would say, very unlikely to play a big role in that game or in, in this series. Uh, you know, weird things happen. He could play Gary Trent Jr., you know, not not going to be in the playoffs in any case. Uh, his his offseason has started. He's a member of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Rodney Hood played big minutes in, in that game. He's no longer on the team. Uh, the Blazers didn't have Yusuf Nurkic or CJ McCollum in that game. So it's that's a really weird scout. You know, a 38-minute night for Ennis Cantor. Uh, it's, that was one of the games, if you're, uh, if you're, we're listening to the podcast back at the time that the the Blazers actually got a really awesome night for Carmelo Anthony, and it was one of the few games where the team lost in which they outscored the opponent in the dameless minutes, and the dame was on the bench. They were plus ten in 
in the minutes that Dame did not play. He sat for about 13 minutes in that game and the Blazers were plus 10 and they still lost. So that was like, that was one of those anomaly games. Like one of their like truly sort of, by the way, I was tracking it kind of like troubling losses. Like, man, you got to win this game because if you're good when Dame's out of the game, you got to win. But he wasn't very good. But I still think like, I don't know what to do with that February game. There's nothing like, there's, there's so many new parts. There's no Nurk. There's no CJ. You know, now now there's not Jamal Murray. So, I, like, I think, I don't think you can do much uh, looking back at that game. Like, I think it's worth rewatching. I'll probably I'll probably pop it in. I got access to it. I'll probably I'll probably fly through the second half. But like, I I don't know if watching the Jamal Murray Nikola Jokic two man game dissect the Blazers does me much good, particularly if it's being defended by Derek Jones and Gary Trent Jr. Like. That is that is film that maybe doesn't do us much uh, doesn't do us much good. But the Blazers played them again uh, April twenty first. This is you know a much more recent meeting. This is when the Blazers were just losing one point games for a whole week long and uh, in the midst of a five game losing streak in which one podcaster who knows who it could be declared that the Blazers season was pretty much over. And look where they are now with a you know a pretty darn good chance of making the second round of the playoffs. But hey. Um, that's what happens when you talk into a microphone. Sometimes you say stuff that you'll regret. But in that game, that was after the Blazers had traded for Aaron Gordon. So we got, that was, uh, or the Blazers, the Nuggets had traded for Aaron Gordon. <laughs> you wish the Blazers had traded for Aaron Gordon. Uh, you know, we got, we got a, a big dose of him. But even in that, even in that April 21st game, it was 34 minutes of Will Barton and 25 minutes of PJ Dozier. Uh, Dozier, unclear exactly if he'll be back for the playoffs. I think that's a big question mark. Cause he's, he's like, he's, he's pretty valuable. Um, He's been dealing with an abductor strain, and when he heard it, it was like a, a just you you knew he was injured. I happened to be watching the game; you could tell he knew he was hurt right away. Just the, the sort of way he reacted and stayed on the ground, um, he knew that you know he had he had hurt his sort of his groin area. Um, so it's unclear if Dozier will be back. Um, so you that might be two guys out of the rotation you're not getting. Uh, but, you know, Austin Rivers played in that game, Shaquille Harrison, Paul Millsap, Michael Green, like all guys who are going to play, Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Jokic, again, pretty darn good in that game, although um, not maybe his, as good as he's ever been, uh, 25, 9, and 5 dimes. Uh, I think, and this game was, uh, you know, the Blazers at what is pretty much their uh, their what their rotation is going to be now. Uh, Nazir Little played. We, you know, we got nine nine guys in that one. We'll probably get eight, so you don't you won't get twelve minutes of Nazir. But that was the CJ Dame, Norm Rocco, and Nurk. Like that was um, them kind of getting back to their level. I thought in that particular game that Nurk did not shoot very well, but was really really competitive on defense. Like I thought he had a really good game. It's just the guards were bad. CJ went six of thirteen, and uh, Dame went nine of fourteen. Like if they're if they're going to combine to go fifteen of thirty six, the Blazers are going to lose. Like that's that I don't I don't need to do uh, much more math. I can just look I can pretty much just look at those numbers. Uh they combined just for uh two total free throws. CJ none Dame two. And I think that's a big takeaway here. Uh on the in three games against the Nuggets and and using three is a little bit weird because, you know, Sunday's game, I just there's not a lot there, but in three games against uh the Denver Nuggets, Damian Lord has averaged just 2.7 free throw attempts per game. That is way way down from his nearly uh his over 7 a game, excuse me, that he averages on the season, 7.2 on the year and he's averaging under 3 against the Denver Nuggets. He's also shooting way worse from 3, 36.7% and way worse from the field, 43.9%, a little bit worse from the field I should say. Um he's 
Dame has has struggled against the Nuggets. I, I don't, um, you know, there's some of it is just like that's the way it works when you play three random games. Um, that you know you have a bad you go nine for twenty three one night and he had that other bad night back in February. You just you, your numbers are going to be down. I don't think this is a big takeaway, but the lack of free throws is important. I think um, this is uh, Dame's. You know, he's to be way, way, way under on free throws. I think is is like a notable thing, a st- thing that stood out to me when I was looking at the splits. So. All that is to say is that I I think the Blazers match up pretty well. I just don't think when we're sort of going back over it that we have a lot of data to suggest how they're going to match up against this particular group. Uh, we'll I'll rewatch that April game and we'll talk about it later this week. Like I th- I think that's I think that's going to be the game that I that I lean into. But even that one, you know, no Dozier, no no Will Barton is going to be different. Uh, that the it's a lot of Austin Rivers these days. Uh, so the Nuggets are different. They're hurt. They're um they're but they're still really good. I mean, they've been really good all year, and I think, I think like maybe that is, that is the the thing that that gets lost when we say like, oh, this is the Blazers' preferred matchup and all those things. Like, it is the Blazers' preferred matchup. But you know, we're talking about the Nuggets, who are a top five offense and have been a top five offense all year long, and they're eleventh in the league in defense. And that's you know, with Jokic, who I think people think is a bad defender, but I, I'm under the impression that he's he's actually just a totally okay, even sometimes very good defender in the clutch. Um, with a whole bunch of injuries and moving parts and all those things and playing, um, you know, playing young guys like uh, Najee and Hardenstein a bunch uh, for the middle of the year, trying to, you know, figure out how to make it work, playing a bunch of uh, Paul Millsap and Jamichael Green duos. That duo has been really good off the bench for Denver all year, one to one to watch for sure. Like, but that that's the profile of a good team, right? Like like a top five offense and a an, borderline top 10 defense. That is, that is what a really good basketball team looks like for all of Denver's faults they have the sixth best net net rating in the NBA for all of their injuries and all of their problems this is a really good team so when we call this like the Blazers preferred matchup I think that's true but I just think it's because the other options in in uh you know potentially LA and potentially Phoenix like those are are you know three of the five best teams in the league uh I'm not even sure Denver is way worse than Phoenix like I think they're on the same level and they have like a singular player in Jokic who's better I, I I think this is I think this is who, if you're a Blazer fan I think it's who you wanted them to play absolutely who you wanted them to play but the idea that this is like that the Blazers would be like should be or would be favored I think is um, is in, incorrect this is absolutely a winnable series for Portland absolutely a winnable series for Portland but this is not. Um, Portland should not be favored. They will not be favored in game one. They will not be favored in the series very likely. And they shouldn't be. Uh, no home court advantage in playing against a team that despite all of its injuries, despite all of its moving parts, has continued to be this good and just kept on winning. Like Denver's really good. And that's, to me, that's fun. You want to play a really, you know, you, um, the Blazers didn't dodge anyone. They put their suits on. They came to work. They took care of business. And they said, whatever happens in the rest of the league tonight who cares? And it didn't matter what, what they didn't worry about, you know, scoreboard watch with Dallas or the Lakers or um, OKC, although it's pretty clear the coaching staff was watching the end of the OKC Clippers game on the bench or getting, you know, relayed information about it in some way, somehow. Um, but, but, uh, they didn't, they, they literally just, they said, we're going to take care of what we can take care of. Like we're going to be professionals about this and, and beat it, beat this team soundly, take care of our business and we'll play who comes. Damien Lord said, um, you know, he had said earlier in the week that he, you know, they weren't going to, they weren't going to mess around for seating. They had tried to sort of, 
you know, in the past, okay, they'd maybe tried to mess around to avoid OKC, a team that had handled them in the regular season. He didn't mention that, but that's what they did. But, you know, OKC had handled them in the regular season. The Blazers, you know, beat OKC in five games. And they'd, they'd had a lot of success against the Pelicans in regular season, although one of them was just Dame going nuclear in the final game against the Pelicans. And then they got, you know, bounced out of the, summarily bounced out of the playoffs by that team. Like, it, it's, it's, you don't, they weren't going to mess with matchups. That's not what they were going to do. They were going to play it straight up, and they did. And they what they got is a pretty darn good Nuggets team that I think they have a good chance of beating. Um, I, I think I'm excited for it. I'm excited for this week to sort of dive into the matchup, talk about, you know, hear your thoughts on an upcoming mailbag episode uh, and, and, and emails you, you all send me. So this should be a ton of fun. What I want to do to close out this show, though, is it's the end of the regular season. Uh, let's look back on some numbers of note from the Blazers' 72-game regular season schedule in what was, we can all hope, the strangest year of regular season basketball that we've had. But before we get there, let's talk about Bet Online. Y'all know Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And whatever that action is, they got it. Baseball, basketball, hockey horse racing, fighting sports. You don't want to bet on sports. You want to bet on uh, reality television programs or uh, award shows. You name it, they got it. So before that next pitch, before that next dribble, before the next puck drops, head on over to betonline.ag, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is locked on, and what you'll get is a 50% welcome bonus when you put in your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. It is what it is, the best tasting protein bar on the market. I've been telling you about it for what feels like forever, but nothing's changed. In fact, Built Bar might Built Bars might be better than when I first started doing this, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, they come in nine delicious flavors. Uh, there's occasional limited time flavors, so be sure you're checking the website, BuiltBar.com, to see if there's some new ones you might not know about. Um, and and there's, there's really something for everybody. If you're into the fruit flavors, cherry and raspberry, if you're a coconut person, they got coconut with almonds, coconut without almonds. If you're just a straight up chocolate person, check out double chocolate or a personal favorite of mine, peanut butter brownie. But if you don't know what you like or you don't or you're trying to, you know, kind of decide if you if you agree with me or if there's something else you're interested in, what I would do is go grab a mixed box. You'll get two of each of those nine flavors and then you can taste them all, decide what you like and and order more from there. Uh, All of them, in addition to being delicious, are also good for you. Uh, Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, at least 17 grams of protein in every single bar and a handful of them got a couple more than that. So go get yourself some of these bars. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about the matchup with the Denver Nuggets, how the Blazers landed in sixth on a weird, I'll just say it, stupid day in the NBA. I think the Nuggets uh, matchup is going to be uh, a ton of fun, like I, I keep saying, and I'm, I'm excited to dive deeper into it over this coming week. And really, as you know, I, I get a little space to dive deeper because the Blazers earned this time off, and I think that's that's really going to be crucial for them. If nothing else, like I think you know, getting 
getting off your feet um, is really valuable. And, and, and being able to, you know, CJ McCollum talked about on the broadcast is kind of just like work on your game in the gym without having to prepare for a new game every day. And the, and the coaching staff to like really dive into opponent, uh, one opponent without having to gear up for, okay, here we play the Warriors. Okay, here we play the uh, Spurs. Or like, okay, here we play the Warriors. Quick turnaround, now we play the Suns. Like whatever, you know, like that. Um, you know, two days to, to get ready for Phoenix as opposed to, to a full five to dive into Denver and from every angle and, and, you know, scout yourself against Denver and all those things. But more than all that, it's just the, the mental rest, the not having to, the not having to be absolutely as, as sharp and being able to just kind of let your brain have a moment, let your body have a moment uh, to, to, to get away from the the game get away from the season for a moment before gearing up for the hardest and most challenging games of the year because the playoffs everybody knows what you're going to do and you just have to go do it but before we get to the postseason i want to give um not like superlatives or whatever this isn't the the your high school yearbook but um just some recognition for for sort of where the blazers ended up um and uh some numbers to know about this team uh on the year for the entire season the blazers finished with the number two offense in the nba behind the brooklyn nets just ahead of the clippers and the jazz this was an elite offensive team. Uh, I said at the beginning of the season, I thought they might end up with the best offense in the league. They were, you know, a couple decimal points away from catching the Brooklyn Nets, who added freaking James Harden to the roster the, at some point this season. You know, the Nets played with all types of different looks, not taken away from them. That's a that's a really good offensive team pretty much with whoever wears the jerseys. But uh, the Blazers finished second. That is a no small accomplishment. This was an elite offensive group. It's who they are. They're one of the very, very, very good offensive teams. You know, led by, led by Dame and CJ, of course, but, um, you know, Terry Stotts deserves credit. He's a great offensive coach. It's it's what he is, and and this team showed it too. You know that you you all listen to the program. You know that I think players play. Players deserve the majority of the credit for all of these things. They're out on the court doing the stuff. Blazers finished 29th in defense. That's right. Behind teams like the Cleveland, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Cleveland Cavaliers, Orlando Magic, Houston Rockets, Minnesota Timberwolves. You know all those terrible teams that are out of the playoffs. Yep, well, they're all ahead of the Blazers in defense on the year. The Blazers finished 29th as a whole. The playoff teams that are in the Blazers' range, uh, Brooklyn at 22 and Dallas at 21. Those teams um, significantly better on defense just by the numbers uh, on the season. The Blazers um, were a very bad defensive team. You saw it with your own eyes, and then sometimes they were decent. And those sometimes, I think, is... um, you can really just sort of point to once once Norm was on board and once Nurk was healthy, this was a different basketball team. Like, it all counts. You know, <laughs> you don't get to take away some of the games. Like, that's not how this works. But but this is a different group. Like, when you're thinking about this team, like, once Norm was here and once Nurk and was back healthy and CJ was playing regularly, it's a different team. Uh, you know, the the lineups changed. That starting group was awesome uh, all year long and and and. But but this was um, that sort of that from that moment forward, March 26th, when when Nurk got back, uh, this was even includes a couple games before Dame was Dame was back in the lineup. And then and then a couple games later when he missed. But uh, the Blazers were the best offensive team in the NBA from March 26th on and defensively. Now, this is 
this isn't like super impressive, and I don't mean to paint it as much, but they were 21st from that moment forward, once they had Norman the starting lineup and Nurk back, 21st in the league in defense. And, you know, that's still one of the bottom 10 defenses in the league. But I've been saying this all year, and I maintain it. The idea that the Blazers are the... Like the reason that you should be frustrated with Blazers defense is because they're like like truly one of they were truly one of the worst defenses in the NBA. Um, you know they they played with a bunch of minutes with a with like a really bad defensive group for a little while, but they shouldn't have been that bad, right? Like that's but this is where they should have been all year long. It's like I think if the Blazers had been like twentieth in the league in defense all year, the like the people wouldn't have been as up in arms. They would have been like, oh yeah, they're just kind of mediocre. This seems right. Like, oh, they're below average. I'm mad they're below average, but it's, um, but that feels right to me. You know, 21st in defense to me is like what a reasonable expectation for this team was and maybe slightly below what a reasonable, uh, you know, maybe like a reasonable expectation would have been like uh, somewhere between 15th to 18th, like truly middle of the road as opposed to a bottom 10 team. But like this is, that's right where they belong. And if they're the, you know, um, the number one offense and the number 21 defense over that stretch, they've got this the third best net rating in the league. They're outscoring teams from basically with Nurk and Norm or did outscore teams for with Nurk and Norm by six points per for 100 possessions over the final 28 games of the year. I mean, that's that's a good team. That is what that's what good good team profiles as. That's um, you know only only two teams that are better are Utah and the Clippers. I think those are the two best teams in the West. Um, you know, Philly is right up there. The Knicks, Denver is six. The net rating, Phoenix seven. Like these are these are the good teams. The Warriors, who have been super hot the second half of the season, are ninth right there. Uh, this is these you know this. The Blazers, once they had, once they made their tweaks, and I've said it a bunch, Neil is really good at, in, at mid-season trades. It's probably his peak skill, um, identifying a weakness with the team and kind of shoring it up with a mid-season deal. He made this team into a good group. They're a good group. Um, they're not a great group, but they're a good, solid group. And they're, they went from an elite offense to, they went from the number two offense in the league to number one. They didn't sacrifice anything there. They even got a little bit better and they improved significantly on defense. I mean, that's, some of it is just Nurk, you know, basically, but, uh, it's, you, it all, um, I think that chunk of the season, it's enough games, like 30, um, 28 games, almost 30 games, like where you can say, okay, I think this is real. Like, I think, I think this actually might mean something. A couple other fun things I want to uh, I want to point out is that according to NBA.com, among lineups that have played 250 minutes uh, together this season, the Blazers have two of the five best lineups in the league according to net rating, and they're wildly different and extremely funny. Uh, they kind of show you the sort of two different segments of the year. The number one. Um, or the number two team lineup in the league that's played at least 250 minutes. So these are like regularly used lineups is why I'm sorting by 250 minutes. Um, is the Dame, Gary Trent Jr., Derek Jones Jr., Robert Covington, Ennis Cantor team or team lineup, five-man grouping, has a 15.5 net rating. Uh, worse, the only, the only lineup that's better is the uh, Clippers' preferred lineup of Pat Bev, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Nick Matum, and Serge Ibaka. Um, but that uh, Dame, Gary, DJ, Rocco, and Ennis lineup has the third best uh, offensive rating among any of the regular, like the heavily used lineups in the league this season. Uh, they're they're low, slightly below average on defense compared to the rest of those lineups, but still not bad. Like they're not they're not terrible. That was like the softest portion of the Blazers' schedule, and that team kept the Blazers. That group kept the Blazers afloat, and um, you know allowed them to finish where they were. They are part of the story. I don't want to erase them at all. Um, it's it's not a group that it like literally can 
play now with Gary Trent Jr. gone or does play with Derek Jones Jr. out of the lineup, but that group was pretty darn good. In fact, by just net rating alone, that group actually grades out better than the Dame, CJ, Covington, Nurk, and Powell lineup. I should probably say that in the way it works is Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco, and Nurk. Um, that group has isn't among the elite elites. They're uh, eighth in offensive rating among the these heavily used lineups, and they're seventh in defense, defensive rating regularly used lineups, and that combination is good enough for the fifth best net rating among uh, among the most regularly used lineups in the league this year. I mean, this this that group, the Blazers' current starting lineup, has a slightly better net rating on the year. It's outscoring opponents by more points per 100 possessions than uh, Dallas's preferred starting lineup, than the fully healthy Nuggets starting lineup, than the fully healthy uh, Utah Jazz starting lineup, than, than the fully healthy uh, Lakers starting lineup. They're... Um, that that group is really good together. They they had a good thing going, um, and and they they had they kind of made it work with that patchwork group we just talked about. And then when they got, um, when they had a more sort of more dialed in group, they became a better defense. They didn't sacrifice much on offense. Um, in fact, as a whole, they're better on offense. And uh, you know, if you look outside of just this five man pairing, but. The starting lineup makes a lot of sense. The Blazers have a starting lineup. This is as as sort of as as good a starting lineup as the Blazers have had since LaMarcus has left. And I think uh, I just want to recognize that as the regular season ends because those, these things can get obscured once the playoffs start. But this this group um, re- has really really been good. I mean, obviously it starts with Dame, right? Like he's he's the he's the him and Covington are the two parts that like exist across both of those talented lineups but um the they you know this this group really makes sense and i I think we should just recognize that and as as the regular season coming to the end last thing i want to recognize as uh as we get to the end as regular season ends because of these you know this week we'll we'll, we will look ahead and we don't have as much time to look back is that cj mccollum is going to end this season with uh one of the best years and probably the best year of his career i mean some of it like I, I'm a little bit weird about that because he missed a bunch of time and it's like, can it be the best year of your career if you got hurt? Um, I don't think he would call it that. I think he'd call it a, frust- a relatively frustrating year, but statistically he's going to finish with a career high in scoring, a career high in assists uh, because he shot more threes up from a career best or a career high 7.3 a season ago up to 8.9 a game this year. Um He's gonna he's gonna finish with his career high in effective field goal percentage. He's gonna finish with his career high in true shooting percentage. And while he raised his uh, his just raw assist numbers to the highest they've ever been, and also his assist percentage to the highest it's ever been in his his career, his turnover rate was at a career low. Uh, this was you know he's still like a twenty seven percent usage usage guy. He's still a really high usage player. He still dribbles a whole bunch. He still does it, but he. Uh, he just he just was a better playmaker this year than we've ever seen him be, um, and that you know he he started incredibly hot and he was so 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 good for those thir- first thirteen games and he was he didn't get back to that level because that level's kind of crazy but this was still statistically maybe the best we've ever seen CJ play and for him to do that at age twenty nine. Um, when he kind of seemed like a finished product and him to add more to his game as a playmaker and as, you know, changing his shot profile and all things like that. Like this, this, um, this, he, he deserves, you know, we should recognize that. I think if nonetheless, this was as good as CJ has been statistically. So that's, I think the numbers you need to know from the Blazers regular season, um, you know, a, a really good offense and a really bad defense on the whole that became a, and the best offense and a just 
kind of bad, normal bad defense once they got this group together. And a team that has, um, when Dame and Robert Covington are on the floor, can put together combinations that are among the teams, among the league's most effective lineups. Um, you can mix and match, but if those two guys are on the court, you know, Robert Covington, one of the league leaders in deflections and steals and blocks and and. Damon Lord, one of the league leaders in being one of the best players. He, he leads the league in being very good. Um, maybe not all that, but, you know, one of the 10 best players in the NBA. Um, him and Rocco and pretty much anyone else makes for a, a really good group. And I think um, before we move on to the playoffs, we should recognize all of those things. So I'm glad you gave me a minute to dive into the numbers to know. Um, we're going to have a mailbag show tomorrow. Uh, it's my weekly mailbag episode called Mailbag Monday. I record on Monday evenings, post it on Tuesdays. If you want to get involved, tweet at me at Locked on Blazers. I'm still locked out of my Twitter account. It's a MFing nightmare. We'll talk if I ever get my Twitter account back, I'll I'll tell you about it. But for now, Locked on Blazers is the Twitter account you want to send it to, uh, or Locked on Blazers Pod at gmail.com is the email. We're gonna have a ton, a ton, a ton of Nuggets content coming this week, previewing the series, look, look looking at games, looking at trends, looking at numbers, diving deep as we prepare for the playoffs. So should be a ton of fun. Great time to tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there. We will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.